Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And today I have on the podcast with me some pastoral residents. I've got Kevin Knorr. Hey, guys. Bryson Amix. How's it going? And Alex Tate. What's going on, guys? Yes, got the crew back together. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, nearly every time we finish one of these podcasts, we offer it up to our listeners and say, hey, if you've got any questions, send, send me an email. Let me know, and we'll uh, tackle, tackle that question on the podcast. Maybe it's a subject you've been thinking about. Maybe your teenager came home with some confusing stuff, and you don't know how to answer it, and you want us to tackle it. Maybe it's a book you've read, whatever. <clears throat> so uh, we got to get a good uh, email from one of our listeners and um, has a really interesting question. And so we want to uh, bring it up on the podcast here and see what these guys have to say about it. So, um, Kevin, would you uh, tee it up for us and just kind of give us that question? Yeah, definitely. So uh, the listener was thinking through um, the sermon series we're going through, our identities and rhythms as a church, as uh, family, missionary, servants, and learners. Um, they noticed in our uh, confession of sins a week or two ago that we had said that we are both saint and sinner. And so their question was, and what we're looking at is, do Christians also have an identity as a sinner? Mm. Okay. <clears throat> that is a very good question. And it's one that um, we, we kind of get a lot. And different... Um, Networks and denominations and movements of churches answer differently. Um, they they kind of have their own spin on it. But the idea, he even gives an example in that email of a young man who was struggling with sin, and the young man said, well, I'm a sinner. And, and he said, well, no, you're, you're a saint. Hmm. And this was kind of like affirming to that, that person. You know, it's, it, it's reassuring, and it also encourages them, like, we say it at Sacred City, you've been given a new identity. So live out of that new identity, mm-hmm. right? And so, so it, it's, there's kind of a lot of different ideas out there on what to do with this kind of language. Um, do Christians, uh, nobody doubts that Christians still sin, mm. right? That's not the question. Can you think you can break down like what the identity is that he's talking about and then what actually sinner is for some people that may not know? Well, you can think of sinner in at least two ways. Let me just say this. We can think of it in at least two ways. There may be more ways that I'm potentially not aware of. Um, number one, the most, let's just say this. We're born into sin. Yeah. We are sinners before we sin. So we've been given a sinful nature, okay? So you could say that at death, our identity is children of wrath. That's our identity, is children of wrath. But if we're among the elect and we respond to the gospel and all all of that, then we are given new identities through Christ, right? Mm -hmm. We're given new identities. and um, We are now in Christ. And so... The first definition of a sinner is often used in Scripture of people who are outside of Christ, people who um, are cut off from Christ, people who are 
you know, not professing, not, not believers, okay? Not of the covenant people. And so they are sinners. <clears throat> they, that's their, that is their identity, okay? Children of wrath. They stay like that. Some of them, they stay like that their whole life, right? But then there's another definition of sinner, and that's, this is the, I think this would be the more common definition, the more, at least mainline American definition. Um, a sinner is what? Bryson, what would you say? A sinner is what? Someone who sins. <laughs> Boom. So, you know, a sinner is a person who sins. So in that definition, if you sin, if you commit sin, if you still um, break commandments and you still disobey the Lord and you still <clears throat> don't honor, don't, you know, break the first commandment. You don't, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? The greatest commandment. Mm-hmm. Then you're still, then you're still a sinner. <clears throat> so, um, I think, and so anyways, so those are the two definitions. Yep. And many times people are working off of one of those definitions. And so if you think a sinner is only an identity, then you're going to say things, and this is actually more on the char- a lot of the charismatic side of things. Um, they don't want to confess being sinners. that they Because Paul, the majority of the time when he writes to sinners or to saints who are sinners, who sin, like Corinthians, yeah. he still calls them saints. He still calls them beloved. He still you know, says they're in Christ. But he rebukes their sin at, at the same time, right? <clears throat> and so there's a lot of folks who only want to be called saints. And they, and they, they don't want to acknowledge the ongoing remaining sin in their life. Now, this, this uh, listener who emailed it, he's not like that at all. That's not who I'm talking about. Uh, but other charismatic churches, that, that charismatic pastors call me and they, tried to, they instituted a confession of sin in their, in their liturgy and they're getting all kind of pushback mm-hmm. because they, you know, we're, not, we're, we're not sinners, we're not sinners, we're not sinners, we're in Christ, we're in Christ, we're righteous, we've been made righteous. <clears throat> and they don't understand um, that we, well, in the words of Martin Luther... Simul justus et, et peccator, simultaneously just and sinner. That that's, that's the doctrine that Martin Luther said. We are simultaneously just and sinner. We're justified, we're made right with God through the act of justification and regeneration, but we're still in need of sanctification. We're still going to sin, and so we are simultaneously just and sinner. <clears throat> now, where do we go? Um, first off, let me say this. I, I don't know if we have the identity of sinners, but we are still sinners, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't add a fifth identity to our sacred city you know, identities, like family, missionary, servant, sinners, learners, sinners. I think the fact that we're sinners is... Um, pretty evident through our own disobedience and our own, our own sin. <clears throat> but the reason I think it's important to put it in the confession, I'm going to show you a couple things. Number one, I think it's scriptural. But number two, one of the most damning and dangerous sins is that of self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. Where, remember the, the, the Pharisee who saw the the sinner beating his chest and begging for grace and begging for mercy. And he said, 
Lord, I thank you that I'm not like one of those. I'm not, I thank you that I'm not like him, right? That the danger of not identifying as a sinner is that I can begin to look down on others. I begin to gloss over my own sins. It becomes hard for me to see myself as, um, as a sinner, as in still in need of constant grace. I can become very self-righteous and very proud, and I lose a sense of the wonder and the beauty of the gospel, and I also lose a sense of my own desperate need for grace day in and day out. So, and I think that's what happens in a lot of these, a lot of charismatic churches is they only want to be told the good news and therefore their sanctification kind of stops. They just kind of fake it. They just act like they're happy all the time, act like they're awesome. They don't confess their sins very, they don't confess their sins very deeply they don't even see their sins, so that they can be just, you know, prosperity gospel thrives in charismatic churches. They can be just as greedy, just as worldly, just as sexually promiscuous, and yet in their mind, they're righteous. They're righteous, and like kind of what they do doesn't really matter, mm. okay? Now, my brother's email, <clears throat> I agree that our focus should be on the new nature that we've been given in Christ, mm. <clears throat> the godly nature, right? The, the spirit that we've been given, that this regenerated self that we've been given, this new creation self that we've been in, our focus should be on that. Mm. We're family, we're missionary, we're servants, we're learners. That's where our focus should be. But to deny the reality that the old man is still alive, like he's been dealt a mortal blow, mm. but it's like night of the walk, night of the living dead, right? He's still alive and we have to keep our boot on the throat of the old man, that old sinful nature. You could, if we're going to use the language of identity, that sinful sinner, that sinner identity, we have to keep our foot on its neck. And the way we keep our foot on its neck is through faith and repentance. Mm -hmm. That's good. You know, believing that, yep, we are sinners, but we've been made righteous and Christ came to the earth to save sinners, right? And so we do that and we confess, Lord, I thank you that that I'm, I am a sinner, I, can, I still continue to sin, and yet I'm also made righteous in you, and I confess that reality today, and I keep it in the forefront of my mind, right? Now, this isn't just, you know, me talking kind of like theologically and just making this up. <clears throat> this, I, I believe, this is how the Apostle Paul um, thought of himself and spoke. Now, I already said this. Most of the time, when he's addressing Christians, he calls them brothers, sisters, saints, those who are in Christ. You know, most of the time he does. But when he's talking about himself, he also identifies himself as a sinner. Okay, let me let's go to the, let's go to the text. Let's open up First uh, Timothy. We'll start in verse eight. Oh, actually, I'm not. I'm going to go up to verse one. Let's just do this. Because let's see how he addresses Timothy. Mm-hmm. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of God our Savior and of 
Christ our hope. To Timothy, my true child in the faith. <clears throat> Family of God, boom. Family identity, he's leading with that, right? Yeah. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> now he's gonna go through some introductory stuff, warning against false teachers. Um, but then he gets down in verse eight and he says this. Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners. Now I'm gonna pause. The way he uses sinners here is like the, kind of like the, it sounds like the first category that we talked about. Mm. People that reject God, people that do not walk in God's ways. They are not in Christ, okay? So he says the law is put down for those, the, the disobedient, the ungodly and sinners. Look, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, <clears throat> the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I, had, I have been entrusted. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, past tense, right? I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent. But I received, here we go, past tense, I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Look at verse 15. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost. I am. So this is late in Paul's life when he's writing this. <clears throat> he's an old man now. He's writing to his protege, Timothy, to, to keep the faith and to carry on after him. And we see him use <clears throat> um, that, the term sinners here in the second way that we're talking about, I think, the, the, in the way that I still struggle with sin. Like, and this, Paul, obviously, is one of our heroes in the faith. He was... You know, I would just say he's super sanctified, but a sinner, <clears throat> but still a sinner. And he, and he and he doesn't say I was like earlier in the text. He he was talking about his old life. You know, though formerly I was a blasphemer, I was a persecutor, I was an insolent opponent, and he received mercy in the past. But when he talks about this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost. So there's no graduating from this. <clears throat> I don't think there is. I think we are still sinners. I don't say I don't say we have the identity of sinners. That's not the language I use. I don't think I've ever used that. But we are in that sense, in this sense, we are still sinners. And I think it's I think it humbles us to declare that. I think it it strikes our pride. Could it be misinterpreted? Yes, it could be misinterpreted. We're not saying we're not in Christ. We're not saying we don't, we're not, you know, we're not new creations. 
we're saying that we are new creations and by, but we, if we're new creations, we should be more aware of the darkness that remains in us than ever before. And so as we grow more and more aware of the, the work that God's doing in our heart and the sanctification he's bringing about and the new creation he's made us, we should be more repelled by the darkness in, within us, the pride that lurks in our heart, the, 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 the way that we do good things in, for self-promotion or to feel good about ourselves or whatever, whatever it is. And that should lead us to say all the more, Christ died to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. I am. I am still one. And so we can confess it. Now, here's, another, here's why I think it's important. If, if, I meet a, if I meet a Christian who is living in unrepentant sin and they see no remorse, but they, they claim to know Christ, I typically lean on this and say, you're a sinner, man. Like, and I, I'm trying to lay the, I kind of like lay the law on them in that, in that moment, right? And I want them to see that they are rebellious, that they are living in sin, that they are a sinner. And, and that's, they might genuinely be saved, but if they're tip-throwing to, tiptoeing through the tulips whilst sinning, right? Something's, something's desperately wrong there. They might not be in the faith at all, or their conscience might be seared or something. And so I'm going to point out to them, hey, that's sin. And you're living out of your sinful identity. You're living, another way to say that, Paul, sa- uh, Paul says in Galatians, you're living out of the flesh. That's the works of the flesh that are going on, right? And that can take your soul to hell. That can take your soul to hell. So what do you think it's uh, a lot of, you know, I guess you, I'm not for sure if you would call them Christians, but a, a lot of them would just run away when that sin is revealed to them. Because they don't really believe the gospel. They don't believe that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so either one, they don't believe that they're actual sinners. Two, they don't believe that Jesus actually came into the world to save sinners. Or three, they enjoy their sin more than they enjoy Jesus. Mm-hmm. They want their sin more than they want Jesus, right? So that's three answers right off the top of my head. Yeah. But <clears throat> so, so if a person comes to me like that, obstinate, not repentant over their sin, I press on this sinner identity and, mm-hmm. and this, or the sinful nature. And this is repulsive to God and, the, and they need to be brought to repentance. But if a person comes to me like the young man, it said, sounded like in the email, who is despondent over his sin, depressed by his sin, frustrated by his sin, wondering, am I even a Christian because I keep losing this battle of sin? Yeah. I'm going to press hard on their identity in Christ, yeah. like who they are in Christ that Jesus is going to deliver them once and for all to the throne of grace. It's not up to them and their, their strength to make it happen. That's good. <clears throat> and so uh, one other reason I think it's important to, to confess that we, aren't, we don't just sin, but we are sinners on Sunday morning <clears throat> is because, again, I already talked about the sin of self-righteousness, but many, time, many churches are set up in such a way where the only people who need to repent are the new people who come. Yeah. You know, like are the people who haven't never believed the gospel before. And Martin Luther again said when when Jesus said repent, he willed the whole life of the Christian to be that of repentance. Mm-hmm. Right? And honestly, the only people who need to repent are sinners. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so 
I want even outsiders and unbelievers to come in and go, whoa, these people are confessing things that I'm embarrassed about. <laughs> you know, not loving their neighbor and not seeking the good of the city and not loving God above all things. They're, and they're willfully doing it with a, almost with a smile on their face. And I think, too, like even uh, with the other leaders and elders that are in the church, to do that next to um, someone that's not a leader in the church is just um, the vulnerability that's there, you know, that they can people can see that even in our elders, they, yeah. they fall short. <clears throat> well, and when we do it, because Paul did it right here. Yeah. This, this Paul gives us the, the, the picture of it right here when he's writing to Timothy. So I want outsiders to see us confessing our sins because that's what a humble people do. People who are confident in the righteousness of Christ and not in their own self-righteousness, they confess freely, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have to be wary of confessing my sins because Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And if you, you know, are a sinner, then he came to save you, right? Mm -hmm. If you embrace him. But I get what this brother is getting at. I agree with it to a point. It's kind of a, it's kind of nuanced because Paul most of the time does make, remind people of their identity in Christ Mm -hmm make sure they're really secure in their identity in Christ. <clears throat> and um, it was, sometimes people say this, listen, you don't need to remind people that they're sinners. They already know it. I don't believe that's true. I think the self-esteem movement, I think be true to yourself, follow your heart, the liberal um, agenda of, you can, you know, you can be whoever you want to be. Like you reach inside yourself and find some sexualized ideal version of yourself and you can be that gay, bi, straight, trans, gender fluid. And you can basically, I mean, our culture is teaching us today, there is no right and wrong. Mm. There is no right and wrong. So I think a lot of people uh, and a lot of people that are coming to faith, even my missional community, you know, they've been doing things for years they didn't know was sin. You know, Mm. they didn't think was sin. So I don't think, I think we do have to declare that we are sinners and we need a savior, Jesus. So is there, is there one sin that's greater than another sin? (coughs) And is there not a forgivable sin? Well, Jesus said there is one unforgivable sin. We are not getting in that, onto that in this podcast, (laughs) uh, which is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But there, when it comes to sins against God, other than the, the, the sin of blasphemy and the Holy Spirit. There's not really like levels. Sin is sin, and it's all heinous in the eyes of God. It's all damnable. But different sins have different consequences. And so Paul talks about sexual sin, every other sin being outside of the body, but sexual sins against your own body. So sexual sin can have a damaging effect to your own body. Um, obviously, we know that, you know, uh, you know, when your wife says, hey, are you, are you on your way? And you say, yeah, I'm on my way, but you haven't left yet. That's, that's a lie, but that's not as bad as, you know, rape or something, right? The consequences you're saying, right? Not just the consequences, but its effects. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's, they're both sins against God, right? And, and so they're both damnable offenses. But the consequences of these, the consequences and the implications of them they're just completely different, yeah. right? So there's not sins that are greater than the other, but we have to be, but there's sins that have um, more 
wide ranging effects, mm-hmm. rip like a ripple effect, basically. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. That, I mean, something like that damages you, damages the other person, damages the whole family, could damage a whole community. You know, it's got it's it, it's terrible. <clears throat> so you kind of brought up like someone in your mission community didn't know that they were sinning. So what's a good way for you to be able to know that you're a sinner? Hmm. Uh, lots of different ways. One, reading the scripture. Two, being a part of a missional community where you see people confessing things and that you didn't know were sins, yeah. people repenting. Coming on Sunday, hearing the sermons, but also reading the confessions and sp- you know, there's a lot of a lot of times we read confessions and people are like, "Well, I've been, do- I didn't know that was a sin." Mm-hmm. You know, most people don't realize that sin is basically worshiping an idol, yeah. and idol worship just means giving your heart to something more than God. Mm-hmm. And you can give your heart to your own image more than God. You care more about what people think of you than what they think about God or whatever. You can give your heart to your children instead of more than God, to your career, to money, to finances. Um, to a to a, literally every created thing, dogs. There's people that give their freaking heart to their animals, you know. Um, to TV, to entertainment, yeah. to weed. I know people that worship weed, yeah. legit worship weed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're we are idol. We are worshippers at heart, and when we're not worshiping God with a full heart, we're going to worship something else. And so many times when people hear us confess things like that, their eyes get open and, oh, I didn't even know it. And it's putting a name to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So some missional ramifications. I'm thinking we're talking about how there's identity as a sinner, somebody outside of Christ, and then there's um, a tendency of Christians to sin. So what are some things that need to be considered while you're on mission? Kind of, because we use the same word for both categories. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think, I think it, it's helpful to have a distinction in our mind. I think we're always, when we're on mission, we're always, at least me, I'm always trying to figure out where is this guy at? Mm. Is this guy, and I, I, I would just say, I, I wouldn't really use it like, is this guy a sinner? I already know he's a sinner. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like, is this guy outside of Christ or not? All right. Is this guy a believer? And if he is a believer, where is he at in his discipleship? Mm. Right. And so my goal is to make disciples, 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 my, you know, not kind of, mm. so I don't really use that. I just kind of use the language like we're all sinners. You know what I mean? Um, because I do want him to know that becoming a Christian isn't, a, you know, about, I hate to say it like this, but not sinning. That's not the, the, the goal of becoming a Christian is not not sinning. Mm. The goal is to believe on Christ and then to love and worship Jesus. Mm. And as I come to love and worship Jesus, I see the, you know, how horrible my sin is and I am repelled by it. But if the goal is to not sin, then my whole, the rest of my life is going to be a failure, mm. right? It's, it's going to be a failure. Um, and even the good deeds I can do are you know, eaten up through and through with sin, you know, doing good deeds from, for wrong motives or wrong motivation or just because I feel guilty about it or just because I don't want people to think bad about me, so I'm going to go to mission or something. Mm. You know, uh, Scripture says anything that doesn't proceed from faith is sin. Yeah. 
I'm doing it, you know, so. So, yeah, I think, um, again, I, I understand what my brother's trying, and I think it's important to draw this distinction to know what we are talking about. If you're talking about having the sole identity of sinners, no, that's not what we're saying in a, in a confession. But there could be somebody in our church that does have that identity, and they're maybe praying that confession for the first time, and Christ's given them a new identity. That, mm. that could be happening. Yeah. But for us who are in Christ and yet we still sin, when we say that we are sinners or I am a sinner, we're just saying it like the Apostle Paul did to Timothy and uh, just acknowledging that our sinful nature is still at work in our flesh. Yeah. That's what I think my mind has all like this whole time gone back to our series in Colossians. Um, I think even in my head, like while we've been talking, I've been changing the terminology from identity to old self, new self. Um, and I'm just wondering if, that, if that's what you're saying. Like there's our new self and the new identities that come with the new self. And here's, we live out of those and our old self and those old identities that are still there. We don't live out of those. We try and kill those. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And we kill those through faith and repentance. Mm -hmm. So confession of sin and believing what God has done in giving us the new identity. Mm -hmm. Yes. <clears throat> yep. I think it's, I think that's another way of saying it. I think it's a good way of saying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so for those who, are wary of, of saying, um, you know, I am a sinner. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Just because the Apostle Paul says it right here. Uh, in one sense, he, he acknowledged that, you know, he's not, you know, the, the way he uses sinner. It, oh, yeah, and the sinners he uses in verse uh, 9, the, the word in the, in the Greek, they're the same words. He uses them kind of differently, but they're the same exact words. So um, for the, when he talks about the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, same word as when he goes down there and says, Jesus came, Christ to, came in to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Mm. So there, was, there is this past tense up in the 8 and 9 where he realized he was outside of Christ and he was a sinner in a certain way. But then down at the bottom, he still says, I am a sinner mm. because he's still he still sins, yeah. you know, and so he's using it in a different way. So it is, can it be confusing? Absolutely. Um, would it be simpler to never say that we're sinners? Yes, it would be simpler. But our job isn't to use Occam's razor and just make things as simple as possible. Our job is to try to hold the biblical truth together um, as best as we can. And so even if, and, and you know, Let's, even if this is the only place Paul, this is the first one that came to my mind, but any, even if this is the only place Paul ever does this or the Bible ever does this, it's still there and we still need, you know, it's still scripture, God-breathed, profitable mm -hmm. for teaching, training, and righteousness, right? And so that's what we want to do. So that's what we mean when we say that we are a sinner. Um, hopefully we answered your question, brother. We appreciate the email. We always appreciate your emails as you send them in. So if you have any other questions, any other thoughts, please send them to Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com and we will do our best to answer them. All right, guys. God bless you.